I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of LiveWire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome to Live Wire Radio. I'm your host, Luke Burbank. I am backstage right now at the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul, Minnesota. I am in a pretty standard dressing room. It's somewhat sparse and kind of echoey, but I have just been told something, my friends. I have been told that this is also the dressing room that one Garrison Keillor uses. So I'm freaking out just a little bit. I'm just gonna tell you what the show is about today and try to get on with my life. Okay, our theme is just visiting. Our guests are Tom Bodette, the mayor of Minneapolis, Betsy Hodges, Fancy Ray McCloney, and music from the Jayhawks. Hey, check that out. To the top of the hour, 14 minutes to the top of the hour. That is the speaker that tells me it's almost time to do the show. So listen, we got an incredible program for you. I'm gonna try to keep it together and it all gets started right now. From PRI, Public Radio International, it's... Live Fire! Recorded in front of a live audience at the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's Live Wire with humorist Tom Bodette, Minneapolis Mayor Betsy Hodges, pitchman extraordinaire Fancy Ray, music from the Jayhawks, and our fabulous house band. And now, the host of Live Wire... He's here for one night only and might need to crash on your futon, Luke Burbank! Thank you, Jason. Just give me a second here. I got to kind of take this in. Wow. Here we are at the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul, Minnesota. Holy moly. Thank you so much for coming out. Uh, We have a great show in store for you. Our theme this hour is just visiting, uh, because that's what we're doing here in Minnesota. We're just visiting. We're usually based out of Portland, Oregon. Um, It's also an appropriate theme, because I have been really sick this week, and my speaking voice has been an only occasional visitor to my mouth and my throat. And it was kind of touch and go as to if I was going to be able to come out and host the show, and I did not want to miss this. So last night, I was in the cold and flu section of a store just around the corner from this theater. And I was just like picking up every product and then Googling it on my phone <laughs> to see if it worked. 
And the answer was a resounding no for each and every product. But I'm an American and I don't take no for an answer. So I bought all of it and took all of it like seven minutes ago. So. I guess we'll find out what that does to a human body over the course of the next hour. Um, we're talking about visiting, and I had a weird experience with visiting a place not that long ago, uh, and the place was my actual life, or the actual life that I came very, very close to having. Um, here's, here's the story. My mom was pretty young when she got pregnant with me. She lived in Philadelphia, and the guy that got her pregnant wasn't like a terrible dude. He probably would have married her, but she also, I think, had the sense that he was not going to be winning any dad of the year or husband of the year awards and or barbecue aprons <laughs> down the road. So she decided to pack me up in her stomach where I lived at the time <laughs> and head to Northern California to a commune called the Lighthouse Ranch. And when she got there, she met a wonderful man named Walter, who she married, who they are still married, and he raised me, and, and that's my dad. And I never, wow. If Walter listened to this show, he would be really touched by that applause. Good dad, bad at remembering when the radio show is on. So I never really met this dude in Philadelphia, except one time when I was, I think I was like a year and a half or something. My mom went out there with me to get him to sign some kind of paperwork. And her version of how it went down is he uh, took my diaper off <laughs> to make sure everything was cool, <laughs> which it was, not to brag. Um, but, and then he asked her if she had any pot. That was probably the moment she was really regretting the decision to not marry him. Um, and then he said, I wanted you to name him Adam. And that was kind of it for their conversation. And I, I never saw the guy again. I never really thought about him very much until a couple of years ago when his sisters, who I guess are my aunts, got in touch with my mom via Facebook. That magical, magical device <laughs> that has improved all of our lives immeasurably. <laughs> and it turns out the guy had died like a long time ago, but they wanted to kind of see how my mom was doing and also to find out how I was doing. And so my mom kind of struck up a friendship with them, and when she would go back to Philly, she would like visit with them. And one of the times she came back with an envelope full of photographs of the guy. And she gave me the envelope, and I put it in a drawer and did not open the drawer for one year. <laughs> and I think I was trying to be really like cool and chill about this not being a big deal, but I think there was a lot of emotion and other kind of energy around this envelope of photos. So Finally, a little while ago, I got up the nerve, slash probably had had enough alcohol, <laughs> that I went over to the drawer and I looked at the photos. And a couple of things really jumped out at me. The first thing was, the guy was not as attractive as I thought he was going to be. <laughs> like, I had been told that he was a real Casanova. I was expecting, like, Warren Beatty from the movie Shampoo who's more going towards Steve Buscemi from the movie Lord of the Rings. <laughs> That's Steve Buscemi, right? That's not Steve Buscemi? Okay, I should watch that movie again. 
there was something else that jumped out at me. It was a specific photograph, and it was this guy. He's sitting in a kitchen in Philadelphia in this real kind of working-class Philly kitchen, and he's sitting at a table, and he's kind of staring off into the middle distance. He's got a beer in front of him, and there's a kid standing in front of him facing the camera. He's holding up like an award from school, and on the award is written his name, and his name is Adam, <laughs> like the name that I was supposed to get, and... I had this moment of realizing I was looking at the alternate version of my life. <laughs> like, I think we think about how our life could be different, and usually we think about it in the sort of positive way our life could be different. Like, we think if we would have made a few different decisions, if a few breaks would have broken differently, we would be happier, or we'd have more money, or we'd be more attractive, or we'd be like more something. But it's very rare that we actually get to look at a photograph of what that universe is. I was like in a Christmas carol, and I was being visited by the ghost of Christmas. Yikes. <laughs> and it's not even like I think this alternate universe Luke has a bad life. I'm sure he has a great life. Maybe he's a listener. In which case, hi, how you doing? I'm your half-brother. Um, I don't think this guy has a bad life, but it's definitely not the life that I should have had. Like, the life that I should have had is to live on that commune when I was a kid, and then to move to Seattle, and then to live in this crazy, poor family full of love with, like, seven kids, and then to have my own kid when I was 17, and then watch her grow up, and then have a bunch of different weird random jobs, and then get a job with a radio show in Portland because the host was sick one day that I was supposed to be a guest, and then end up right here in this exact moment of time on this stage in St. Paul, Minnesota. That was the life for me, because this is crazy awesome. Hey, I want to tell you who's going to help us make this show. Can you say hi to our band? Walker Spring and Jonathan Newsom. I also want to thank you guys for coming to the rehearsal today. Somebody who was not at the rehearsal is our announcer, Jason Rouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I, happened to you today, by the way? I apologize backstage. I'll apologize publicly. I told you I was, I wanted to go, I wanted to get out a little bit, see a little bit of the country, uh, rented a car, took myself north, uh, ran into some traffic. Monster traffic in this state, by the way, you guys. Where did you, where did you hit traffic at? Just up. <laughs> like, it's a huge State. Yeah. And uh, what? What? But specifically, what? What part of the state were you in? Because I didn't hear about a lot of traffic. Yeah. Today. Just, I pulled. Up, well, I'm up near. You know, I'll go past uh, St. Cloud. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, traffic's terrible, so I'm like, it was like lunchtime. I'm like, I'm gonna pull off. Pull off a little town. Stop. Had lunch. No big deal. Um, what was the town? It was like Wobegon. <laughs> just this little. Quite quaint little place. Really? Yeah. Had this amazing thing called a, 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 a tuna hot dish. In Lake Wobegon. Yeah, a little place called the uh, Chatterbox Cafe. What? Um, Fantastic. Fan nicest, yeah. nicest people you'd ever want to meet. Every other person's called Krebsbach or Ingvis. It's just a lot of foreign-sounding names. A lot of Norwegian stock in this town, I think. What? How would you describe Lake Wobegon, I mean, since you were there today? Like, what was it like physically? Um, what did it look like? You know, like that small town kind of vibe, but like, yeah. you know, big dreamers coming out of there. Uh, interesting people. 
Uh, the women all seem pretty sturdy, pretty strong. <laughs> if I had to say that. Lot of, lot of handsome gentlemen. Yeah. If that's you, your thing. I mean. Yeah. What about the children? They seem pretty good. They seemed above average. See? Oh, really? You've been there. See? Great place. You should go there. You would love it. Oh, that's great, Jason. We should. Let's go right after the show, since it sounds like such a fun place. There's the... You're not going to the after party after that? I think I'd rather go to Lake Wobegon. It sounds amazing, it's since you were there really today. Like, yeah, it took like <laughs> four hours to get there. I'm like... I'm exhausted. As you know, I've got some sort of flu yeah. or pneumonia. Like I was Wobegon flu, maybe, you picked up? I think I got it before that. But, I mean, they were... You would love it. I think next time we're through town, we'll just rent the old, the old car. We'll all, all, all of us will all go yeah. up. We'll just hang out, Lake Wobegon. This you is know. the thing, Jason. Yeah, pal. Um, Lake Wobegon yeah. is... It's awesome. No, it's made up. Yeah? What? It's not a real place. I may have overslept. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Jason Rouse with questionable travel <laughs> schemes today. All righty. Let's get rolling here by bringing on uh, a guest that we we're pretty excited to have on the show. Our theme this hour, as we've mentioned, is just visiting. So who better to show us around than the mayor of one of the Twin Cities? Betsy Hodges hails from nearby Wyzetta, Minnesota, which you probably know as the place Brandon and Brenda Walsh were from on the original Beverly Hills 90210. And if you didn't, maybe TV wasn't your only friend in high school. Stop bragging. She was a member of the city council before being elected mayor in 2014. Her official website lists her hobbies as seasonal viewings of the film Die Hard and occasionally singing karaoke with a, quote, very limited range. Please welcome Mayor Betsy Hodges to Livewire. Betsy Hodges, welcome to Livewire. I, I want to ask you about this official bio of yours on the website. Is any of that stuff that I read there true? All of it is true. All of it is true. Uh, I was raised technically in Minnetonka, but I went to Wyzetta High School, so I will claim it. Uh, I watch Die Hard every year at Christmas because it is uh, my favorite Christmas film. What's... Is it when he has the... He has the wrapping tape holding the pistol to his back before he kills Hans. Is that the seasonal part of it for you? It's all of it. Uh, it's set at Christmas time. The first music is uh, Christmas and Hollis. Uh, the whole thing. I had you it's set for on a big Run DMC fan right yeah. when I saw you, Mayor Hodges. Most people do. Yeah. Most people do. It's, uh, it's set on Christmas Eve, and it's delightful. My cats are named Nakatomi and Argyle for diehard fans. You, this is a lifestyle for you. Yes, yes. Wow, I thought maybe one of your staffers just wrote that in to make you seem approachable or something. This is your, this is really how you live. Uh, when I was in Los Angeles, uh, I had the opportunity to tour uh, the building where they filmed Die Hard, and I can show you all the pictures when we're done. Because they really did film the entire movie in one building. Well, let's talk about the karaoke part of your bio. <laughs> what song is in the very limited range of Minneapolis Mayor Betsy Hodges? The Devil Went Down to Georgia. <laughs> it's mostly spoken. Ah. 
that is a, if, if you're ever uh, on the fence about doing karaoke or unsure about your abilities, yes, pick a song that is mostly rap or spoken word, and you will minimize the damage, I believe. Yes, we did during the 2013 mayoral campaign have candidate karaoke. And uh, a few of, there were 35 people running, and a few of us actually showed up and performed. And I performed The Devil Went Down to Georgia, and then I dropped the mic. I assume you won that contest. I believe that I did, and I won the mayoral race as well. <laughs> you were able to, to lock up that key karaoke voter base that you've heard so much about during this election season. Well, they're talking about it all the time on Fox, CNN, and MSNBC, so you know it's a big deal. Yes. Um, tell me about uh, your days growing up in Minnetonka slash Wyzetta. Did you dream of being in politics? Was this somewhere you saw yourself being someday? You know, I wasn't a kid who dreamed of growing up and being president or mayor or anything like that, but I did dream about growing up and making a difference. And uh, it became clear to me, uh, I was a sociology student, and one of my professors that I had uh, said, hey, local politics is really important. Most people's experience of social change is in the political realm. Most of the political realm is in the voting booth, and most of what's in the voting booth are local elections. If you go there, you can make a difference, and that's what I've been doing. And yet, oddly enough, <laughs> I think that's applause worthy. Oddly enough, it seems like people tend to obsess over national politics a lot of the time when you're right. The local city councils and mayoral, uh, you know, uh, appointments and, and elections and things, that has a huge impact on people's actual lives. Why do you think people don't make as much out of it sometimes? I would say there can be plenty of drama at the local level, and we also don't have as much time or energy for drama because we really have to get things done. There's not a partisan pothole, there's just a pothole that needs filling. And you know, we're close to folks every day. We see people in the grocery store. I think store. some of the people in the crowd have a pothole, Mayor, that they would like you to address. <laughs> I heard a certain rumble through the crowd. We'll, we'll get your name and address and the mayor will be out there probably tomorrow morning. It's Minnesota, it's the spring. The water goes in the cracks, freezes, expands, makes bigger holes. If you're in Minneapolis, call 311, tell us where the pothole is, <laughs> and we will come fix it. All right, stay right there. We have Minneapolis Mayor Betsy Hodges here on Livewire. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be back with much more from the Fitzgerald Theater here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hey there, it's Luke. You might already know this, but in case you didn't, Livewire is actually a nonprofit. That's right. We rely on the generosity of you, our listeners, to keep this little radio show going. Consider becoming a member of our League of Extraordinary Listeners and support this show, which connects you to the artists, music, and comedy that we know you love. You can find out more by visiting livewireradio.org. Welcome back to Livewire from PRI, Public Radio International, coming to you from the Fitzgerald Theater here in St. Paul, Minnesota. My name's Luke Burbank. We're here with Minneapolis Mayor Betsy Hodges. Now, Mayor Hodges, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but Minneapolis is often referred to as being one of the Twin Cities. I have heard that. Okay. 
And in fact, we are in the other city. We are in St. Paul right now, so we would be remiss if we didn't bring out your mayoral twin. Please welcome St. Paul Mayor Chris Coleman. Mayor Coleman, welcome to Livewire. You, you are the mayors of, of two cities that are, of course, very closely associated. They are called Twin Cities. If something happens to Mayor Hodges, do you feel it, Mayor Coleman? <laughs> but that's when I don't answer my phone. <laughs> I, I go, wow, thank God. You know, it's, it's always good to have Minneapolis next door to St. Paul because you can go, well, it could be worse. <laughs> In other words, in other words, he feels it, he just doesn't care. I noticed that the City of St. Paul website has right when you get there, uh, a sort of uh, emblazoned on the front page, St. Paul, the most livable city in America. Is that a, a, a legal classification, Mayor Coleman? It, it's, it is self-declared. Uh, it's self-declared. Yeah, there, there, there is no empirical evidence that suggests that that's true, but we, we just coined the phrase a few years ago and then found out that there were at least 10 other cities in the United States that also say they're the most livable city in America. I bought it hook, line, and sinker. There was a sailboat behind the phrase. I just assumed you guys had a plaque somewhere given to you by the, I don't know, like uh, the Pope or something. The being the most livable city. It's absolutely doing the intended job, Mayor Coleman. That, that, it's good to hear. Have you considered doing that with Minneapolis, Mayor Hodges, since we can apparently just declare any city to be the most livable in America? Uh, I haven't declared it as such because it is self-evident. Uh. I think the listeners out there in the country at large can hear a certain rivalry between the two of you. Uh, and and you know, we're feeling it. It's palpable here. Now, we're talking about, about visiting this hour, and we're learning about, about Minneapolis and about St. Paul. We wanted to figure out which one of you was a better mayor, and we could only think of one way to do that, and that was with a competition that we're calling Mayor versus Mayor on Mayor. <laughs> So mothers, be good to your daughters too. That song gets pretty weird, <laughs> lyrically at some point. Yes, um, we decided that the only way to figure this out was to quiz both of you on the life, accomplishments, and music of one Mr. John Mayer. Ooh. Oh. I need to also mention that for the winner of this competition, you will be declared the best mayor in the Twin Cities. For the loser, we have a John Mayer CD. <laughs> We've actually got two of them, <clears throat> which you can pick. True story, our producer Laura Haddon today was calling around to try to find some John Mayer CDs. When she called Minneapolis, she got laughed out of the place. When she called St. Paul, they said, we've got some. <laughs> Offered without comment. That is how we got these CDs. All right, here we go. Mayor Hodges, you are first. This is kind of an easy one. It's just going to get you warmed up. Which of these is the best John Mayer album? Is it Room for Squares, Heavier Things, or Continuum? Heavier Things. Oh, I'm sorry. You're wrong. It's Continuum. Okay. <laughs> Zero points for you so far. Mayor Coleman, 
mayor versus mayor on mayor. Your first question, what is the next line in this song? And if you want love, we'll make it. Swim in a deep sea of blankets. Take all your big plans and break them. This is bound to be a while. Wow. Well. Please, no help know, from the audience. Uh, Do you uh, want to hear it again? No, please don't. <laughs> would you like to take a guess? Can I, can I just confess ignorance on this one? Okay. Can so it, uh, would you like to go in the... for the steal, Mayor Hodges? So pull out your slanket. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one of the greatest lyrics in John Mayer history. It is unfortunately not the answer. The answer is... Your body is a wonderland. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yes. That was what we were looking for. So it's, I usually uh, sing that in the morning when I'm looking into the mirror. Yeah. Uh, so just get yourself psyched up for the day as mayor of St. Paul. You know, it's, it's just a thing I do. It doesn't mean anything. All right. We've got another one for you, Mayor Coleman. What did John Mayer say in 2007 was his favorite thing to do on a first date? Was it go to the movies, go hot tubbing, or force his lady friend to listen and sit awkwardly while he serenades her, making his guitar player face. Uh, I'm going to pick movie. Trick question. He likes to do all three, Eric <laughs> Coleman. There's no way you could have known that. We're still zero to zero. It's uh, quite a barn burner here on Livewire. Last question. This one's for you, Mayor Hodges. Uh, you have met Pope Francis, correct? I have. Which is pretty amazing. Yes. Must have been thrilling for it you. It was amazing. It may help you answer this quote. Who said it? Was it Pope Francis or John Mayer? <laughs> quote, sometimes I wish that I was the weather. You'd bring me up in conversation forever. And when it rained, I'd be the talk of the day. I am praying that it was John Mayer who said that. That was actually Pope Francis. Which means... At zero to zero, nobody wins, but also nobody loses. Mayor versus mayor on mayor. Your consolation prizes for each of you, a John Mayer CD. Thank you. Minneapolis Mayor Betsy Hodges and St. Paul Mayor Chris Coleman, thank you so much for being on Livewire. Even your mayors are awesome around here. Wow. As we've mentioned, Minneapolis-St. Paul is known as the Twin Cities, and now Alaska Airlines is offering twice-daily flights to and from Seattle. Twice-daily. Coincidence? You decide. Alaska Airlines also offering daily flights to and from Portland from the Twin Cities. Learn more at alaskaair.com. Hey, if you're going to be in Portland on Wednesday, March 30th, you got to stop by Mississippi Studios, where we will be recording our next episode. Our guests include comedian Paul F. Tompkins, New York Times columnist Tim Egan, and music by Patterson Hood of Drive-By Truckers. All right, when we heard that this show was going to visit the Twin Cities, we had one musical request, and that was at the Jayhawks play for us. Formed right here in the mid-80s, they've been putting out their unique brand of Americana music and influencing bands all over the world. Their new album, Paging Mr. Proust, comes out April 29th. Please welcome the Jayhawks to Livewire.
Jayhawks. The Jayhawks right here on Livewire Radio. Hey, it's Luke. If you like Livewire, the radio show, let me tell you, you're going to love Livewire, the podcast. We include all kinds of stuff we couldn't fit into the broadcast version of the show. Like, for instance, this week on the radio show, we've got one song from the Jayhawks. But if you listened to the podcast from last week, you'd hear two extra Jayhawks songs. Not heard anywhere else recorded live at the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul. That's just the kind of cool stuff you can get if you go to LiveWireRadio.org or iTunes or Stitcher or any of those kinds of places to subscribe to the LiveWire podcast. We'll see you over there. This is LiveWire. This week's show brought to you in part by Whole Foods Market. Featuring high-quality meats that are free of antibiotics, added growth hormones, and animal byproducts in feed. Because eating a hamburger shouldn't freak you out. More information at WholeFoodsMarket.com. This week's show is about visiting places, because, of course, we're here visiting Minnesota. And that's a group of people, visitors, that our next guest has been invaluable to over the years, mostly by letting them know where the light will be left on for them. Tom Baudet is known for his Motel 6 ads, his many wonderful books, and his appearances on the public radio quiz show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which he's on his way to do. We snagged him here in St. Paul before he heads down to Chicago tomorrow. Please welcome one of our favorite visitors to our show, Mr. Tom Baudet. Hello. Tom Baudet, welcome to Livewire. Good to be back. I know you're from Illinois originally, right? Uh, Michigan. I Michigan. grew up in Michigan. I was born in Illinois, though. Okay, so you grew up in Michigan. Have you spent much time in the Twin Cities or in Minnesota? Um, some over the years, yeah. I mean, through here on book tours and things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same sort of corn wheat field as Michigan, just a little further west, you know. It's, uh, they just interrupt the terrain with roads and fences, but... It seems like your kind of place. Just talking to some of the people out here, they, they seem, uh, you know, like a peace-loving bunch, like a hard-working bunch. And nice people. I mean, here, I, you know, I'm always very nice. I mean, we're nice people in the Midwest, right? And I, I, you know, I talk to people on elevators, and Minneapolis is one of the few places where that doesn't really freak them out. And <laughs> so I like that. Uh, we're here in Minnesota, which I've been learning this week, is the land of hockey hair. I mean, the, the Minnesota mullet is alive and well. Yeah. I, was watching, I was watching the state high school hockey tournament last night, <laughs> and the hairdos were unbelievable to me in 2016. 
But this that is a that's a style of hair that you once rocked yourself, Mr. Bodette. I I, I am a mullet survivor. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to say. In fact, my uh, my my older son, who's who's now 31, um, in high school they had a mulletin board at the school, <laughs> and I uh, I featured prominently uh, on on that board. So they brought in photos of the dads. Yes. Well, it was dads, celebrities, wherever you know somebody'd see a. This was a uh, mom who went to the wrong salon. Right. Well, this was the late um, the late uh, 90s, early oddies, whatever that is, and, and uh, mullets were hysterical at that point. I was just over my mullet. Um, I moved from Alaska to uh, the Northwest for a few years when he was in high school. Um, in uh, 1998, um, I had a mullet when I left Alaska, and it didn't last two days, I, I think. But you came down to civilization? Yeah, I kind of got it, you know, the... <laughs> The looks on the street, the whispers behind the hands. That's why people were worried when you talked to them in the elevator. Yeah. I mean, I had, I just thought it was hair. I had no idea it was even a style until I came out in the world. I, as you see, I have normal hair yes. now. You've... You were saying the hair, the hockey hair? You know, there is, yeah. a, there is a hairstyle out, there are two hairstyles out right now that are going to push the mullet off of the board of ridiculous hairstyles. And one is the man bun, um, right? Um, which I'm told is called a top knot, but it is not, it is a man bun. And, and as we say in one of our recent ads, what's next, the he-hive? And, <laughs> you were and, able to work that into a Motel 6 ad? I know, I just, it's, your, it's, your war on the I'm man sorry, bun? I've been doing it too long, but, um, and then the other one is, it's kind of like a mullet, but not. It's like, the, it's like high and tight, but then there's like this mop of hair on top of it. Like you a know? reverse mullet? Well, it's sort of. Like there, business on the sides, party on the top? That's it. That's it. Yeah. That is what I think of as hockey hair. Because I see that one, and I see kids doing it. And you know, it ain't the kid's idea. You know, so. At a certain age, So right. somehow, mullet survivors like myself have had children. And you've, you've passed it on and slash it forced is, them into questionable hair decisions. It is the cycle of abuse. Speaking of hockey, your kids play hockey, right? You're really into this. Do they well, play My youngest of, does, yes. Does he play on one of those teams that takes up every weekend of your life because you have to drive to some random rink somewhere? Yes, yes, it, it does from uh, the middle of September until last weekend. Um, uh, hockey is is us, um, and I am happy to say, if I'm if I can brag a little bit, my son's squirt team, which is nine and ten year olds, took the championship in the Greater Springfield, Massachusetts League last weekend. Wow! Yes, yes, and. And when you see those little shavers hold up that cup that's as big as them, I mean, it just makes it all worth it. Every single stupid minivan ride <laughs> through the blizzard and uh, every fight at six in the morning to get them out of their warm, cozy beds and bundle them up in their hockey gear and take them off to some rink and it's all comes to bear in that stupid cup which isn't really silver i might say <laughs> but see your kid actually was on a winning team which is good mm -hmm. my kid 
God lover, was on this volleyball team that was just good enough to play into the tournament so we would miss our flight home from Reno, mm -hmm. but never hoisting the volleyball cup, <laughs> whatever that was. And these, I feel these travel teams that so many of our kids are on, if your kids are, if you're, this would be my advice, despite what you just heard from Mr. Baudet, mm -hmm. if your kid shows any promise at any sport, nip that in the bud. Yeah. Yeah. If at all possible. Right. Because if you don't, they will get onto one of these travel teams, baseball, hockey, mm -hmm. volleyball, soccer, and the rest of your life as you know it as an adult human is over. Because yeah. you will just be traveling from city to city, weekend after weekend, standing around with the other parents, like, uh, you oh, know, I know. survivors it's, of some tragedy. It, it's so true. And, you know, I have, I have three sons, and I managed to get my first two sons. Uh, my first one is grown and gone. He did not like sports. I love that boy. And, uh, <laughs> and my, my middle son, um, he loves to ski, which is easy. You take him to the, the rink. I mean, the rink, excuse me, the, uh, I got hockey on the brain. Yeah, if you're taking him to the yeah. rink, you're not you doing know, it right. And we live in Vermont, so there's like a ski resort like 30 minutes away, no matter where you are. So, so that's easy. God love him. And, uh, and then here comes Leo. And I take him to learn to skate one day five years ago. And the next thing I know, I'm the president of a hockey association. <laughs> <laughs> and, but here, can I get serious for a minute? Please. We were worried about Leo. He was small for his age. He wasn't speaking yet. He was just about to turn five. He was in kindergarten. And maybe he wasn't even yet. He might have still been in preschool. Wasn't even trying to read. One of these real shy kids didn't look at people when they talked to him. We were worried about him, you know? And within two weeks of him learning how to skate, and they put a stick in his hand and put this padding on him, everything started to change. And I watched over the course of that first season him go from that shy little kid to a kid who really had something that he was proud of. And I looked at him. He'd come off that ice after a game, and the kids, people slapping him on the back. He's getting invited to birthday parties from kids that are two years older than him. And, and he had something. It's like those skates made him two inches taller. That padding and that helmet made him bulletproof. And he'd come off that ice like he was 10 feet tall. And I said, there is really something to this hockey. And I don't, I only learned the rules of this game sort of like last year. <laughs> totally doesn't matter. Watching that kid come off the ice at the end of a game is why I keep going back. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Our, uh, our theme this week, because we're here visiting uh, the beautiful Twin Cities of Minnesota, is just visiting. I'm wondering, uh, do you have like rules for visitors when they're coming through your town? I was obviously put them up at a Motel 6, but yeah. if like <clears throat> if there's not one nearby, like are you, I mean, are you cool with people coming by and, and staying and visiting? Do you have like a, a week? Is that your limit? What is your policy on that? Um, no real policy. Uh, we do get visitors, you know, when you live in a beautiful place. Because you like, live in Vermont, right? Yeah, yeah. And the same, you know, Alaska, when I, I lived in Alaska for a long time, like 23 years, and people tended to stay longer because it's, you know, it's far. And so they come and, and they stay. Vermont, people more pass through. So it really, really hasn't been, been a problem. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was brief, you know, that this is what we were talking about. And if there were any sort of rules that you should observe when you are right. a visitor um, right. at someone's house. And I do, I have a, an idea about that. It's not even an idea. It's, it's actually a code of conduct. And I, 
And don't get up before your hosts. They do not wake up in the morning before them. Don't get up. Or and if you do wake up, lie in bed. Exactly. Um, there's, there's two reasons for that. One, the selfish reason, if you get up, you're going to go down, you're going to want to make coffee. Their coffee maker will make no sense to you. <laughs> you won't be able to find the filters, and you will be opening all the doors and drawers looking for them. And you think, where would they put these things? <laughs> and... And you'll be the only one up, and you will find the coffee beans. And then you're going to say, I'm not going to grind these. Everybody's asleep. And you're just, you're just going to grow away frustrated. Right. And then what's going to happen, even if you are successful, you're going to be sitting there with your hot cup of coffee in the mug that you found in the front of the cupboard, and your host is going to come down. And you're going to see that look on his or her face when they glance and they see the mug. <laughs> and it's going to be their mug. <laughs> but they're going to be too polite to say anything. But then there's this tension in the room, right? Because yeah. you got, you've got their mug. Probably from a public radio right. pledge drive. Which brings us to the reason not to do it from your host's point of view, is if you are the host and you get up in the morning, You've got your routine, right? You go downstairs, you do your coffee, you do this. You don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to see anybody. And when you come downstairs and there's somebody sitting at your breakfast counter going, hi. <laughs> and they're holding your mug. <laughs> it's like, I hate these people. <laughs> so that's, that's your rules for being there a good house guest, there being a good is. visitor. I think that's, those are ones to live by. Hang on, Tom. We got to do a short break and then we will be back with more. We got more Tom Bodette coming your way just around the bend. This is Live Wire Radio. Stay with us. Live Wire is brought to you in part by Ergo Depot, who asks Did you ever wonder why your most brilliant ideas seem to surface while you're running or surfing or dancing? It's because your body was designed to move. And at Ergo Depot, they encourage that by creating amazing products like chairs, stools, and stand-up desks that encourage your body to do what it was meant to do. Visit them online at ergodepot.com to check out their full line, including the Jarvis stand-up desk. Welcome back to Livewire from PRI, Public Radio International. Coming to you from the Fitzgerald Theater right here in St. Paul, Minnesota. All right, Tom, you are known for being the Motel 6 pitchman, but right here in the Twin Cities resides arguably the world's greatest pitchman, or at least its most handsome. Fancy Ray McCloney is a local TV legend, having made ads for everything from grocery stores to car lots to even Taco Bell in an ad that ran here during the Super Bowl this year. Please welcome Fancy Ray McCloney to Livewire. Looking man in comedy. Welcome yes, to the show. Thank you so much, Live Wire. Were you born Fancy Ray? Yes, Did you I, come out like this? No, you know, Fancy that, you know, people don't know that. That is my legal name. Fancy Ray is my legal name. And if you don't think Fancy Ray is my name, I tell you what, write a check for $100 to Fancy Ray. <laughs> <laughs> and see if I don't cash that son of a gun. 
What is the the craziest thing you've done an ad for, Fancy Ray? Well, you know, something that's been really, really fantastic is there's a craziness in the ad, but, but remember, the ad is just a vehicle for me to spread this energy. What I believe is that we all are just vehicles of that great, magnificent power. And so my service is pitching the product and getting folks to respond. And what a great responsibility that is, that these people who own these companies say, we got a product, we have a service, and we want you to deliver that message. So be it, like you said, the meat store or the car lot, that I have the ability to grab your attention, deliver a message, and get you to react. And if you see Fancy Ray in an ad, that's a place you should go to and buy something from. That's funny. That's exactly my philosophy. If you got bad credit, no credit, even a bankruptcy, I can put you in a vehicle today. Is there anything you won't do an ad for? Well, you know, something that happened is I started my career. Now, folks are here from the Twin Cities that I... My, my range is, I've done Honda motorcycles, I've done Bell Mortgage, I've done car lots. I had to, one time, I had an add-on for Lickety Split Adult Bookstore, <laughs> where I impersonated the Crocodile Hunter, and at the same time, I had an add-on for Present Moment Herbs and Book, a homeopathic health food store. <laughs> so that's the range of fancy rate, all the way from the nookie to the sookie to getting the cookie. <laughs> Woo, Lord, you know what I'm saying? If you have something to sell, I can sell it. So that's why I like being up here with the legend. Come on, Mr. Bo did. Come on. You well, that's the no thing. That's just the thing. Come on. Come on. Brother, brother, man. You know what? If you was good looking, I had to give you another job. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. Yes, sir. We have got two world-famous pitchmen here right now. We do have Mr. Tom Bodette, and we have the fancy Ray McCloney. But the thing is, you guys have both got your own unique styles. And what we were thinking was, is since we do have both of you here together, maybe we could have you compare notes. Maybe you would learn something from each other in terms of approach. Are you guys up for doing that? A little meeting of the pitchman minds? Heck yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's start Fancy Ray with an actual ad that you have, uh, that, that you've done for a company called High's Pawn Shop. Mm -hmm. Can you just uh, r refresh our memories on how that High's Pawn Shop ad goes? This is a real ad in the Twin Cities. I want to clarify to people out in the rest of the country. And Fancy Ray is a real person in the Twin Cities. Very much so, very much so. I just want to clarify for the folks out in the country. And go find your Twitter, your Google, and look up Fancy Ray and see how pretty I am. <laughs> For Highest Pond, it goes like this. Hi, this is Fancy Ray for Highest Pond Shop. If you need quick cash in your pocket for rent, your car, or baby mama drama, <laughs> Highs will buy or give you a loan for anything. <laughs> TVs, DVDs, computers, gold, diamonds, musical instruments, Highs buys everything, even the kitchen sink. If you need some cheddar, ain't no place better. Hi. Fancy Ray, ladies and gentlemen. For Highest Pawn Shop. That's amazing. Uh, Tom, would you uh, like to take a crack at that same ad? Yeah. Um, before I do that, I would just like to also encourage people to go to the Google and see how pretty I am. <laughs> All right, here we go. 
<laughs> Tom Bodette for Highest Pawn Shop. The way it ought to be done? Just give it your best shot. Oh. All right, here we go, Tom. Give it a shot. This is Tom Bodette for Highest Pawn Shop. If you need quick cash in your pocket for rent, your car, or baby mama drama, Highs will buy or give you a loan for anything. TVs, DVDs, computers, gold, diamonds, musical instruments. Highs buys everything, even your kitchen sink. If you need some cheddar, there ain't no place better. <laughs> what is, do you have some, um, do you have some constructive feedback, Fancy Ray, uh, uh, on that? Because I feel like that was okay, but, but not anything close to what you're doing. Yeah, I think you need some, like, some, like, some, you know, fried chicken and some collard greens on the side of that thing you did right yeah. there, man. You mean well, that, like, actually, that food, or just, like, uh, he needs to have that kind of energy? Put, you know, when you picture, picture, like, a bottle of Louisiana hot sauce in your brain, and, mm -hmm. you know, and then y'all don't know what the hell I'm talking about, yeah. <laughs> Well, I just, I just thought if you picked up your energy a little, um, and... Maybe I could, you know, tone that down. You were trying you know? to average out? Yeah. Insert in the middle between the two of you. Here's the thing I think, Tom. I feel like you gave it a good shot. I feel like there was something kind of missing that might change the vibe. So can you try this ad again for Highest Pawn Shop? But Johnny, could you help us out with this a little bit? Uh-oh. All right. This is Tom Bodette for Highest Pawn Shop. You need quick cash in your pocket, rent, your car, baby mama drama. Highs will buy or give you a loan for anything. This is working, Luke. TVs, DVDs, computers, gold, diamonds, musical instruments. Highs buys everything, even your kitchen sink. If you need some cheddar, there ain't no place better. Wow. Wow. That was, that was, the, that was the special sauce. That's what it was. That's what it was. I can't work without it. <laughs> but here's the thing. We want also to see, Fancy Ray, what your approach to a Motel 6 ad would be. Mm. So we've got, we've got an actual Motel 6 ad mm -hmm. that, uh, that Tom Bodette has done at some point in his career, and we wanted you to take a, take a try at that. Are you, are you up for that? Oh, come on now. Let's, yes, sir. Do you, want the, do you want the music? Oh, please, God, that music's kind of sexy and uh... All right. Isn't it, though? It gets me hot. <laughs> All right, here we go. Fancy Ray with a Motel 6 read. Hi, Fancy Ray here, and everyone is saying Fugo is the new cool. Well, that's Quibble's death blow. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. See, it's not as easy as it sounds. Now, the, the problem is, ain't many black folks use the word quibble in the damn sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> give me a second. So what do you want to do then? Do you on, want to give, me, give, me give it time. another shot? One more time, one more time. All right. Keep, keep that soft on me. Soft, 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 soft. Don't go too crazy with the kazoo, Johnny. I think it's throwing fancy red. Don't turn me on. All right. All right, here we go. Here we go. Hi, Fancy Ray here, and everyone's saying frugal is the new cool. Well, I have two quibbles with that. Cool is subjective. Some people think head-to-toe leather is cool. It's not. 
It's one man's opinion. And second, Fugle isn't cool. It's old cool because Motel 6 has been saving people more money than any other national chain since the beginning of time. I'm Fancy Ray. Ooh, we gonna leave the damn light on for you. Fancy Ray and Tom Bodette. Two of the world's greatest pitchmen on the same show. I have another announcement. Uh, Fancy Ray is the new host of this show. <laughs> the people have spoken, and I totally understand it. All right, here we are at the end of the show. This is the part where I stroll down through the audience this week here at the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul and try to ask folks what they may have learned in the course of the last hour. Uh, sir, what's your name? I'm Jeff. What did you learn? That if I want to buy a John Mayer CD, I should come to St. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's apparently where you get them now. Ma'am, what's your name? Chris. Chris, where are you from? Uh, Shakopee. Shakopee. Okay, what have you learned in the last hour? Uh, that Fancy Pants should be on Pledge Week for NPR and TPT. Oh, Fancy Ray. <laughs> Fancy Ray, yep. Should definitely be doing that. We'd bring in the money. I don't know if public radio is ready for that much Fancy Ray. <laughs> you had, what's your name, sir? My name is Charles. Where are you from, Charles? I'm from Minneapolis. Uh, what have you learned in the last hour? Don't be afraid of your history. Wow. Just got really profound. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. Can I call you sometime? Should I need a pep talk? Anybody else? Ma'am, what's your name? Paulette. I'm from Minneapolis. And I learned that Tom Bodet looks a lot like the guy from Breaking Bad. <laughs> I don't really know if that's a compliment, Paulette. <laughs> All right. I guess that's what we've learned here in St. Paul. Let's tell you who helped make this show possible. A big thanks to our guests, Tom Bodette, Mayor Betsy Hodges, Mayor Chris Coleman, Fancy Ray, and the Jayhawks. This show is made possible in part by our sponsors, New Belgium Brewing Company, Whole Foods Market, Ergo Depot, and Alaska Airlines. Hotel accommodations generously provided by Provenance Hotels. Robin Tenenbaum is the executive producer and co-creator of Livewire. Laura Haddon is our producer and editor. Our announcer and writer is Jason Rouse. Our house band is Jonathan Newsom and A. Walker Spring. Molly Pettit is our technical director. Our development director, Kim Bergstrom. And our operations manager is Lauren Masterson. A very special thanks to Minnesota Public Radio and everybody here at the legendary Fitzgerald Theater, including Jeff Kamen, Steve Nelson, Jonathan Blakely, Tom Campbell, Dan Zimmerman, Corey Schreppel, and the fabulous crew. Additional funding by the Meyer Memorial Trust, the James F. and Marin L. Miller Foundation, the Oregon Community Foundation, and the Regional Arts and Culture Council. To find out more about our show and become a member, go to livewireradio.org. My name's Luke Burbank. That's our show. We'll see you next week.
PRI Public Radio International. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a piping hot episode of Livewire delivered right to your heart and ears each week? Well, guess what? That can happen when you subscribe to the Livewire podcast feed and you'll get the joy of surprising conversation every week. So go ahead and do it. It's super easy. You click on the button at the top of your podcast app and bam, you are Livewire subscribed. And if you're still, you know, feeling the love, if you're enjoying the show, hey, maybe you could hook us up and uh, leave us a quick review. That'll help more people find out about Livewire. And thank you. 